0: Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 989.
1: If you're trying to be half a decent person then you're and you, you try to do things according to that mantra, that's a good enough.
0: This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah! Hello automotive enthusiasts! I'm revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest calling in from jolly old London, England, or uh, I think out in the hills somewhere, Simon Hope. Simon, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride?
1: Well, I've already had the fun ride because I'm actually nearer Liverpool and Manchester than I am London, so uh, part of the ride's already taken place. But yes, I'm, uh, I'm ready for any fuel-filled uh, extravaganza you've got planned.
0: Oh, there you go. We will have some fun. Simon Hope is the founder and chief auctioneer of H&H Classics in the United Kingdom. He has over 30 years of experience on the rostrum in auctioning specialist commodities in addition to classic cars, motorcycles, and aircraft, he's also sold a host of other genres. Simon has been an avid classic car enthusiast since an early age and purchased his first classic car way back in 19... Well, actually it was 1947. Sunbeam Talbot. in 1974, he bought that car. Since then, he's owned a dozen of classics, including Jaguars, Aston Martins, Maseratis, Lotus, Ferraris, and many other marks. Simon has raced, run the London to Brighton event, the Mille Miglia. Peking to Paris and numerous other rallies. And in 2018, H&H celebrates their 25th consecutive year as a specialist auctioneer of classic cars, motorcycles. Congratulations, Simon, and your very talented team. I've told our listeners just a little bit about you. Would you take a brief moment share a little more about your business and a very obvious longtime passion for automobiles?
1: Yeah, I suppose cars came about really from uh, something we'll get to later on in the questions. Cars have always been around and luckily born in 51, which when I got my first car before 74, of course, they're all classic cars now. Yes. (laughs) uh, Then they were just modern cars. There was something about them. You could fiddle about them. You could go to the Frankfurt Motor Show and buy all sorts of additions and turn your Mini into a hot rod and, and so on and so forth, just like in the States and it was something you could play about with but i was also fleet air arm so i'm sort of used to speed or in that sense so uh with the navy so that was that's part of the history package and my mother always thought i had the gift of the gab which probably your main listeners won't understand but it's an english phrase for you can talk a lot easy you make a good salesman kind of idea so uh, <laughs> i went off into that sort of way after uh the navy and then just ended up sort of auctioneering uh, and being head-hunted to, to start a new one in, uh, in November 89. Uh, that didn't last very long because I'm sure everybody knew what happened, knows what happened after that. Yeah. But in the first sale in November 89, we actually sold about £2 million with the Classics. Which, wow, wow. You know, wasn't a bad do.
0: No, absolutely not. Well, gift of gab, yes, that's a term we use on this side of the pond as well. And uh, definitely auctioneers must have... The gift of gab, that's for sure. It's just that you guys talk a lot faster than the rest of us, that's all. Well, as we continue on your journey, Simon, I um, would like to ask you for a success quote or a mantra, some kind of saying that has a meaning for you all these years of selling cars. It's a nice way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars, yeah? So Simon, take the wheel.
1: I suppose I'm a little bit OCD in certain respects, like a lot of people, a lot of men at my kind of age, and certainly a lot of men that have, grown their own company from nothing. I think there's something slightly different about starting a company and making it reasonably successful as opposed to taking an existing company over and making it more successful. <laughs> I think it makes us more doggedly determined to do. So most of the people I know that have started their own business have a particular way of understanding that they, c- they need to be the best they can be. They want to be the best they can be. They don't. Second best is nowhere near good enough. Yes. and uh, And if they want to do something, they need to do it properly you know i 've always felt it 's just as easy to do something well as it is to do it badly, and if you do it badly, you need to do it again anyway yes. so <laughs> what 's the point so I think those sorts of things that whilst there 's no no inventing the reinventing the wheel in any of these comments what works for Warren Buffett works you know it just it works don't it I'm not, sorry i'm not putting myself financially in anything like it so i don't even have the numbers of notes he has never, you know or the if we numbers could all be at that notes. level wow <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah but i mean what he does is he's repeat what works what's yes. simple what you know he does and he looks after the detail and and doesn't try to be too clever and second guess this and so on and so forth and i think there's a lot of these days because Wealth has been created ridiculously, uh, not just by and Britain printing money like it's going out of fashion, but everybody's looking over the shoulder. Everybody's famous so easily. Every, they forget the basics of how to actually work to get there because 99% of the world has to really work to get where they want to get.
0: Be the best that you can be. Yeah, if you just right. keep working on that every day, eventually you will get there. Well, let's go back in time and talk about a story that instigated your personal passion for cars, is there a pivotal moment you can think back in your life that you knew you were indeed a car guy?
1: What I've always used and is accurate is across, we, lived, we grew up in a semi-detached, middle-class home. And right across the road was a chap called Terry Harrison, who uh, always been single, always been into cars, raced Lotus like you did was actually um, BMC Works Rally Navigator. Wow, did things like the stunt London to Sydney, London to Mexico. So right across the road was this garage uh, with bits in it because, like most people of that, it, you know, everything was always in bits. But one night I do remember, or one late afternoon, early evening. There used to be a congregation every year, but I was about five when I first noticed it five or six, and they were coming over to do a rally in Ireland, the Gordon Bennett and they used to meet Terrys because he was the nearest person to the to the boat to go over to Ireland to go to Anglesey and get over to Ireland to do the Gordon Bennett. Yeah up and down the road both sides of the road were ssk's Uh, i mean everything you could think of that was you know speed sixes eight liters wow bentley blowers you know whatever you could think of that was the best cars on the planet that the people who were super rich in those days had Mm -hmm. was was down the road i mean it was just an unbelievable sight and of course as would happen. I had to go to bed at some point, but didn't. And I'm sort of stood <laughs> at the window looking out of the, at these cars kind of idea. So that's the one that I actually really, really remember as being something that shook me at the time. And I've always used that as the the reason that I ended up with this car problem.
0: Oh, my gosh. I can only imagine as a, as a kid seeing something like that. Uh- an instant car show right on your own street. Yeah.
1: Mind-blowing. Mind-blowing. <laughs> yeah. even, even though you don't really know what you're looking at. I mean, right. I had no idea what a Speed 6 was or a, probably even I probably knew what a Bentley was because I think as a, I've always been a toy collector. So I had matchbox cars. And, sure, sure. Yeah. Uh, and, and dinkies and so on and so forth. Oh, but, yeah. Uh, the
0: dinkies and matchboxes. I still have all my old cars from when I was a little mm-hmm. kid. So, in fact, my first one was… My listeners have heard this too many times, but a red Jaguar coupe. So I still have it sitting right here on my desk. Well, yes, I do. Well, let's talk about the many roads you've driven down and talk about any big challenge or failure you faced along the way. Running your own business, especially the car business, is fraught with ups and downs because the economy throws you blows that you never saw coming. Sometimes you do see them coming. But let's talk about one of those times that was a big challenge for you. Walk us through what you did and how it helped you learn something so that you can move forward and keep things going.
1: I thought quite a lot about this question and didn't really come up with a good answer. I mean one of the one of the times that was quite dark uh, in my life was when my wife uh, got cancer. Mm, um, sorry, yeah. Yeah, which sort of it sort of redefines your that moment. I mean Oh yeah. We we use the analogy over here, if the police stop you, you're supposed to drive with your hands at quarter to three on the steering wheel and at 30 miles an hour. Of course, if the police stop you for speeding, you do that for a small amount of time. (laughs) And then you revert back to, you know, one-handed and 70 miles an hour kind of idea (laughs) within two to three months. And, (laughs) And I think it's a little bit the same with being ill. If you survive something, then you have to move on from it. And that was a difficult time. But one, you simply have to do what I think one of the things I've always been good at is dusting myself down and getting up and going again. You know, I don't tend to remember or live through bad things mm-hmm. on a, on an ongoing basis. You know, they get put in a in a box and, you know, they're in the box and sometimes they get brought up in conversation, but they're not something that defines me.
0: Absolutely. Well, I'm sorry that you went through that and I went through a similar situation with my wife. She became ill. I had to stay home and care for her. And it it redefines everything in your existence. And you very quickly get a snap back to what is the most important thing. Not as if you hadn't lost that thought, but it does remind you that, okay, there's some other things other than this business and all these cars and all these things that are much, much more important. Well, I appreciate you taking us to a very difficult time. Let's shift gears and go to a what I call an aha moment. It's a time in your business when the headlights come on, maybe those beautiful Marshalls come on and illuminate a new direction for your business. Is there one that you can talk about?
1: Again, sort of life's a journey and opportunities come and the trick is to to sort of Recognize them if you like, mm-hmm. and, and sometimes a bit like football, you have to go backwards to go forwards. Uh, I wish the San Francisco 49ers could do that, by the way. At the <laughs> moment, but my team for many, many years, hey, uh, there you go. I saw. So, yeah. um, yeah, they're struggling, uh, so they've always, been struggling a bit, haven't they? They have a little bit, bring back Montana, you know. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I'm a sort of 90% perspiration, 10% inspiration kind of guy, you mm-hmm. know. That's uh, I tend to think you get get further through. Well, hard work is needed to, to end up with anywhere. It's not. And, and that's what life's about. It's not supposed to be easy. It's supposed to be a challenge. And and part of the fun is being able to look back at having beaten the challenge, if you like. Yes. And uh, so I have nothing that I'm... Um, Sort of that denouement moment, I couldn't think of anything that really happened. I do remember thinking when I first went on my own that it would be a good idea because there was always a situation when you're working for somebody else that there's too much month at the end of the money. <laughs> um, yes. And I don't really think I'm a very good day-to-day manager, you know, sitting back and making sure all the I's and T's are dotted and crossed, mm-hmm. the personal reports and whatever else you need the in today's managing world right. but I'm reasonably entrepreneurial and to a certain extent probably too much so I you know I tend to have another idea before I've really nutted and but we've really brought in the last one if oh, you know yeah. what I mean so yes. maybe I could do with just dumbing down my uh Thing, but no real moments. Just just keep on going forward and put the best foot forward and then try and make it work. And if it doesn't work, think of something else and do that, you know.
0: Absolutely. Well, this is a very common trait among the many guests that I've had here. And, of course, you're my 989th guest here on Cars. Yes. So I've talked to a lot of people. But that shiny I'm object. Virgin, uh, no, no, I'm not quite. I wouldn't say that. But that shiny object syndrome is what I call it. Kind of like squirrel, squirrel, like for a dog. You know, there's a squirrel. There's another one. No, we're on a walk. We're not chasing squirrels today. It's very easy to do that. And I think the takeaway that I've learned from so many people is surround yourself with a good team that can keep you focused, keep you aligned. And those crossing the T's, dotting the I's, hire somebody that can do that. Let them do that job because they can do it better than maybe you and I can do it. And we can focus on the things that we're stronger at. And that is building the business. Well, let's go back in time and talk about your first really special car because you have had, my friend, some marvelous cars over time. But let's talk about the first one that you got that had very great meaning for you and maybe share a memory about that particular
1: vehicle. Well, I think everybody's first car is special. I don't. The first time for almost anything is special. We'd better not discuss that on the air.
0: <laughs> no, we won't See, go down that path.
1: <laughs> but it was an eight fifty Mini. Ah, uh, of course. 7, seventeen. I think I was seventeen and five days old, or whatever it was. I'd already got the Mini when I a, when I a passed the test, but I'd already got the Mini. ETB eight seven nine E was the registration. Oh
0: my gosh! Uh, wow. I'm
1: sure that's I'm sure that's completely buried in some. Uh, a car graveyard somewhere these days but I mean it's a great yeah. thing and minis were, were brilliant as they are now you could buy bits for it and stick them on and turn them into whatever it was you wanted to turn it into mm. so we upgraded the engine put go faster stripes on it big exhausts you know made lots of noise went faster than we should it was red and I got pulled up by the police one time and got accused of driving a fire engine because it was red <laughs> it was sort of because uh, I was going too quickly but but memories with that vehicle are, are many and varied you know as with other people at that sort of age. Most of the memories involve either speed or women, uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> either of which I think I should be talking about on air.
0: No, we'll skip all that. Well, my uh, longtime sponsor, Chris Kimball, a wonderful guy, friend of mine, financial advisor, he drives a little Mini, the old Mini, and uh, he's smiling right now. His mother's British, so he loves it when I have British guests on the show. And he drives this Mini, and he's a very tall man, so I always laugh, how does he cram himself inside that car? But they're remarkably roomy inside, aren't they?
1: There was a gentleman who once that brought the back seat forward and actually changed the gearbox positioning and engineered it so he had leg room because he was six foot nine Oh my gosh, and uh, <laughs> uh that was but more long leaded luckily, so he was lean so he he was leaning back he was sort of almost in the back of the car while he drove it so wow wow, um <laughs> but I suppose like anything else, if you really want to achieve something it doesn't matter what it is you'll achieve it.
0: Yeah, I used to vintage race and there was a guy I raced with that bought a King Cobra and he was so tall that they cut the car in half and lengthened it so that he could drive (laughs) it and race it. Yeah, if you can believe that. Well, you had a lot of fine cars, as I mentioned when I introduced you. Is there one that you can think of that you really wish you had back? And let's take money out of the equation because that muddies up everything. Let's just talk about emotion and passion. So is there that one car that you just went, why
1: did I let it go? All of them, really, because I've only ever bought cars that I loved. I don't, I've never bought a car because, with any kind of monetary value thought or the fact it's going up or not going up. So whilst I've had cars that have gone up, in, you know, I'd be pretty bloody poor to have bought every, you know, every car I bought to have gone backwards in the last 20 years, wouldn't I? So, you know, some of them have increased in value. I don't really get the understanding of buying something that in reality is a pleasure item and only thinking about its value or the increase of the value. I just don't. I don't get it. My job as an auctioneer is to maximise the value for the for the owner of the asset, and I'm more than happy to do that. But on a personal, I'm very good at it. I tend to think. But on a personal level, I buy things that I like. So most of the cars that I've had, I would have back. You know, from a Fiat five hundred to Alphas to you know whatever it happens to be, I'd have them again if I had if had enough time to use them, and because that's half the problem is life gets in the way of a singular pleasure.
0: Absolutely. Well, you've answered the question as a true diehard car guy because um, many people. Do buy cars because they think they might be worth something, and sadly, that's not always the case. And then they get stuck with something they really didn't like. So, uh absolutely, I think you're worse
1: than losing money on something you didn't like. Oh, not, even worse. Sort of like, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's the horror. I'd love for you to share what has you excited and fired up today about H and H Classics. Uh, tell our listeners a little more about your business, about exactly what you guys do from day to day, and maybe some new things you might have coming down the line.
1: I think the future is always fascinating, and I'm. whilst I may not be uh, the youngest man on the planet, I don't think I'm mentally particularly old in, in the sense of you know, always looking forward to how we can use and abuse the, the new technology. It's not my forte to actually fully understand it, but I don't need to. What I want to understand is the big picture and how it can help the business go forward. As you said at the beginning, we have been going 25 years and be still in business over 25 years. You need to have brought yourself up to date a few times yes you can't stick back doing things with a quill the next stage of you know we just launched the online we had our first sale just before christmas fully online for automobilia that will continue into the new year we'll be expanding that as the years go on because you know the cost of not selling a car having to get it physically to the one thing or other is huge we need to look after our core customer. And the core customer, you know, if you look at the pyramid of cars and however many there is, there's an awful lot more at the bottom than there are at the top. Oh, A lot yeah. More, five thousand dollar cars than there are five five thousand million dollar cars. They need to be looked after just the same way. We all like our, you know, big hit cars, you know, lots of press, lots of this, that and the other. But in reality, the main car guy. He's he's the one that turns up at the show or once another three times a year and he's got to get it out and his father owned it or whatever it happens to be. They're the they're the real drivers of this industry.
0: Absolutely. So you have an online presence now where people can go and find cars and buy cars.
1: Well, we have a yeah, we have a not in um not in cars at the moment. We had an online auction. We're auctioneers of car classic cars and motorcycles. Mm-hmm. We also sell them privately because we understand that not every customer is an auction guy, and mm-hmm. not every car, in fairness, is suitable to auction. So we have a private sales garage facility uh, from which we sell cars for people privately. So we have that, but we also we have start at our own first. Entirely online auction. So in other words, there is no physicality about this automobile. Mm, auction. Okay. It's yeah. all online and we will be doing cars in due course and that will include seven day listings, nice. uh, but it will be completely different to what it's not an ebay run it's not of this run a one another you will there will be various things whereby you are protected all the way down the line because over 25 years i think one of the things that H has got is one of the best reputations of of all the auctioneers in terms of being around being steadfast paying people on time doing what they say they'll do etc etc
0: well you should be very nicely done amazing uh uh, accolades to you and your team for uh, being around for so long I mean, that's one thing 25 years in business is a long time but yes your reputation definitely is way way up there from everyone i know in the car industry so bravo very well done well here's a very introspective question for you
1: simon if you were a car what kind of car would simon be and why um it would be my 1950 Allard j2 Oh. The Arden Head converting, uh, one of 19 or 20 that had that. We're not entirely sure what. Mealy Mealy carded did it in the Mealy Wheelie a couple of years back. Uh, although I've done the Mini Mini on several other things as well but mm-hmm. uh, the Allard's just a really really what I call a smiley car yes uh, I tend to think that you look at the back end of a car and how it's being driven and you know the bloke's enjoying driving it if you know what I mean and, <laughs> and the Allard's one of those it's just a very very fun car to drive and I, I think it's a bit like me because it's not really pretty but it has a certain charm <laughs> um, huge fun to, to drive and be with and I hope there's certain people out out there would would think that of me. It's got a great history. I've got a history, not necessarily great, but, <laughs> and it's an honest and straightforward car. You know, what you see is what you get. Well, that unfortunately is me. So, uh, and I tend to think that those people, those foodies that go on, you are what you eat. I tend to think a car guy is, you are what you drive.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Very nicely said. I like the way you, you tied that together. And I think it was about 10 or 11 years ago, I got to drive an Lard that was Actually, a race car, and you're right. I mean, you get in that thing, it's just, it's a whole different experience, and you you can't help but smile the whole time, and I think I was still smiling a few hours after I got out of the driver's seat. So, nicely done, Simon. Well, up next is the last lap, but before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsors. Hey, Cars Yeah listeners, this is Mark Green. I've been using Covercraft covers to protect my cars and motorcycles since I was in high school, way back in 19. 75. But Covercraft has much more to offer than just vehicle covers. This time of year is very hard on your vehicle's interiors. Rain, snow, dirt, and mud gets into the carpet and the seats, grinding away and destroying the original materials. It's important to preserve and protect your special ride with Covercraft floor mats and seat covers. That's what I do. They offer a wide variety of styles, colors, and materials, all designed to fit like a glove. They're easy to install and provide for anchor points and airbags for safety and a perfect fit. Protecting your vehicle adds value when you go to sell it, too. Simply go to Covercraft.com and order the style and color you like best, and boom, you're set. You'll thank me, and your vehicle will thank you as well. That's Covercraft.com, and tell them Mark at Cars Yeah sent you. That's Covercraft.com. What's every automotive enthusiast dream? Their designs are pre-engineered to meet your building codes for fast, bolt-together construction. With over 25 years of experience, you'll see a 3D rendering to visualize your custom garage and the final structure will fulfill all your storage needs. Contact Metron Garage today and begin realizing your dream garage. Go to metrongarage.com. That's metrongarage.com. Garages built for discerning enthusiasts. Where it's not just a garage. It's where your dream garage comes true. Okay, Simon, we are back and we're entering the last lap. This is where I fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the alert throttle. So here we go. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received?
1: Well, not just automotive, but the best. I think the best advice I ever received was buy the best you can afford, you know. Oh yeah. Just, you know, whatever you do, do it right. Yeah. Just buy the best you can afford. It's
0: always, always the best way to go. My father taught me when I was a kid, if you can't afford what you really want, wait and save up till you can afford it, because you'll always be disappointed if you settle for less. Would you share one of your personal habits that you believe has contributed to your many successes
1: over the years? What I refer to as right first time. Do it right first time. Mm. Uh, Yes. We try to do that in the business, and like with any business or any system, Nobody gets it right every time, and especially not first time. But like everything else, it, if you don't try for it, you definitely won't, if you know what I mean. So,
0: yeah, otherwise you'll end up redoing it anyway.
1: <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> yes. One of the other things I always thought was about listening to people as well. and um, That means sort of really listening, but not just listening to what they say, but sort of putting your own spin on it, thinking about it. In bits. Yes. And I always remember somebody saying to me once about, you know, you should always talk in the ratio that, God gave you them. You should listen twice as much as you speak because you were given two ears and one mouth.
0: Yeah, my (laughs) mom used to tell me that when I was a kid. And I've always loved the thought that
1: first... She was obviously a good lady.
0: She's a great lady. And then actually the day we're recording this, tomorrow is her birthday. So happy Happy birthday, mom. Happy birthday. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. I always love the saying, uh, first listen to understand, then speak to be understood. So very much in line with what you said. Now, how about a resource... Aside from H&H Classics, wonderful resource for car people out there. Is there another resource you'd like to share with our listeners that you really like? Yeah, my conscience. Your conscience. Now, that's the first time.
1: Conscience.
0: Conscience. I, yes, yes. First yeah. time I've heard that answer to that question. That is brilliant. I love that. Can you elaborate on that a little bit?
1: If you're trying to be half a decent person then you're and you, you try to do things according to that mantra, that's a good enough space to be in. You just try to do things the right way. You know, there's there's always a right way and a wrong way. And sometimes, you know, the wrong way is easier and more profitable. But if you've agreed to do it the other way, do it the other way. Yeah. You know, if you've made an agreement, get on with it, you know. So, right. uh, so yeah, it's that sort of thing. I, I would probably, I, th- I think actually just the word sums it up. I think most, pe- mo- most people who are listening would understand that the conscience is really the thing that determines who we are.
0: Absolutely. That little voice in your head is almost, in fact, it is always right. So follow it. Yeah. Now, if okay. I could arrange, Simon, for you to have a drink with anyone in the automotive industry, living or deceased, Who would that chap
1: be? There is, and so many, you know, so many monstrous achievers that to choose one. And some of my guests have
0: actually said two or three sitting at the table, so I can allow that. I'm the boss here. I can do whatever I want, right?
1: (laughs) Uh, No, absolutely. And defining it into, I would probably narrow it into racing people. Mm. I'd want to understand more about how those people raced in the 20s and 30s on roads that didn't exist with tires that were almost non-existent as well you know doing amazing things with cars that that just defied belief especially on the basis they knew that if anything did go wrong i mean there was you know there was very little chance of a way out yeah and i think i'd sort of like to understand that a bit more not necessarily with somebody who won but somebody who did that to have somebody to win you've got to have a load of people that don't and the people at the back are always forgotten obviously they take Part for all sorts of reasons. Still today, it's the same thing. But understanding what was in those people's minds in those days with substandard equipment, but not even quick substandard equipment, going out to get themselves killed—just mind-blowing. Uh, so, Maybe, I think uh, one of those would be, and and there's probably a plethora of those. But any one of those would, who could fill me in with that, would be, I think, would be a fascinating listening to.
0: Almost like a Nuvolari comes to mind, yeah, or yeah, absolutely.
1: yeah, that that era. You know, Nouvellar is known and he was courted and feted and put in better machinery. But some of those people out there weren't in good machinery and they were were batting along just the same way to come next to last kind of idea. And just what their drivers were at the time, it was... um, Uh, there's lots of books on everything about the new velaris and the and it's a little bit like picking a 250 gto as your favorite car <laughs> yes um to pick a new velari or a sterling moss or a or a this or a that and the other as i said to make up to make up the grid the people at the back are just as important
0: i i think so and you know what comes to mind is just been enjoying the winter olympics here lately and uh you think of all of these people that work so hard to get to that Olympics, and some of them really have a shot at the goal, but a lot of them don't. And but they, they're still there; they're still participating; they're still trying. Still
1: working just as hard. Oh, absolutely! Sometimes and even else. harder. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. absolutely.
0: Uh, nice answer. Well, how about a book? Is there a book that you've read that you'd like to share with our listeners?
1: Not really. I mean, there's so many wonderful books in the world. And over the years, I suppose it's a little bit like the last question. There's not one thing that sticks out. (laughs) Yes. Uh, But I I think if I was going to suggest what somebody read, it would be something that gives them perspective, i.e. the opposite view to your own. Very easy to read things that you agree with. Sometimes, you know, quite disturbing to read things you don't agree with. But, you know, life starts the moment you step out of your comfort zone. Yes. If you don't do that, then, to be honest with you, you've missed the point.
0: You know, what comes to mind is a lot of stuff that happens on social media these days, especially arguments in politics. And I remember a long time ago, my children were younger. My son came home and he was complaining about somebody at school that was arguing with him about politics. And I said, you know... Here's the best thing to do when you don't agree with somebody is only ask them questions. Don't state comments on your own beliefs. If you keep asking them questions, you very well might learn a little bit about why they think the way they think. So nicely said. Well, listeners, I will remind you, you can find all these great resources Simon has shared with us today on his Carsia show notes page. Just go to Carsia.com, Type in Simon Hope. And his page will pop right up, including links to H&H Classics, which if you've never visited, you definitely should. All right, we are up to the checkered flag, and this last question can be a bit of a doozy. I'm going to buy you any cool collector car on the planet, but you can only have one in your garage. That means you've got to get rid of your other cars and only have one. Now, this is a little fantasy question, so don't worry. I'm not going to take all your cars away from you. But money's no object today. I'm that bidder in the back that has the paddle with no limit. So what's the car going to be and why?
1: Well, I'm an eight-cylinder man, be it a V8 with Mustangs or the Allard or whatever. I've always always loved the eight-cylinder, and mm-hmm. so I'm very, very susceptible to American cars, obviously. Okay. But the car that I've always lusted after, uh, as I think it does everything from a design point of view, from a drivability point of view, speed, some of the actual design of the engine and uh, – the work that went into making it a work of art is just off the scale, and that's that would be the Alpha 8C Zagato Spider. Uh, that would be my all-time. That would be the car you could stand at the back of the room and buy, pay more notes than I can contemplate.
0: <laughs> oh, my gosh. Boy, you have picked something awfully special and awfully expensive for me today. Thanks a lot. But well,
1: a, no point a, going in with a Morris Minor, was it?
0: No, of course not. Oh, what a beautiful car. What an absolutely wonderful car. Have you ever had one of those run across an auction stand that you were in charge of?
1: No. I mean, I've been very lucky with uh, a friend of mine. I raced with him in his 8C Monza. Mm. Uh, and I've been lucky enough to drive, a, well, obviously, lots of cars that I never even dreamed I'd drive, but an 8C uh, Zagato. Just an awesome experience and just sort of it's something that I don't think I'll ever forget. So, yeah, if I, was, if I was looking at something that I had to cross the yard for and open the garage door, and I think it would make me feel, make give me butterflies in my stomach every time I opened it, that would be the car.
0: Ah, oh, no doubt. Wow. Well, you picked an awfully wonderful vehicle, as I knew you would. Well, Simon, you have taken us on a great ride today. I want to thank you for sharing your journey and uh, wondered if you could... Offer us uh, one parting piece of wisdom or guidance before you head off into the sunset in that Alpha 8C Zagato spider.
1: Enjoy the journey. Enjoy the journey. The journey. We (laughs) get too wrapped up in the detail and making it and one thing, another, and forget to actually enjoy the whole thing going through. So,
0: Uh, Um,
1: you know, we're only here once. So make sure it's, uh, make sure it counts and make you smile.
0: There you go. I love it. And what's the best way for our listeners to learn more about you, H Classics?
1: Well, obviously go to the website, dot Okay. But to be honest with you, the best way to to get involved is to come to one of our sales, bring your checkbook and spend a load of money. That's sort of, you know, that would uh, that would help the mortgage.
0: There you go. There you go. Well, listeners, again, you can find everything Simon has shared on Cars. Yeah, just go there, type in Simon Hope. His page will pop right up. And if you're ever fortunate enough to be in the part of the world where Simon is and he's come selling and some wonderful things, yeah, stop and say hello. And of course, bring that big checkbook and buy something <laughs> that makes your heart race Simon, thanks for being so generous today with your time and expertise and for sharing your experiences with me and your listeners. And I want to thank your son, Rory, who's been a great help in uh, aligning us on this talk today. Until you and I talk again, I will see you down the road.
1: Look forward to it. Thanks, Mark. For all your time. Thank you.
0: If you own collector cars and still have a little bit of money left over, Make sure your investments are running on all eight cylinders, or 12, or 16. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member, Finra SIPC. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah! Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up!